Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. Cue the music. Welcome to the From First to Last podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where my friend Craig and I, we sit down each week and we are working our way through a director's theatrical filmography from their first film all the way to their last, Craig. And this season we've been looking at all things Robert De- Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's only, it's only he's Greek. <laughs> yeah, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, this is I, uh, yeah, the Greek version. That entire time that I was saying all that, I was thinking to myself, I'm doing really good. I'm not going to make any mistakes. Craig's not going to have anything to pick on me this week. <laughs> Boom. Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> He wears gold chains. <laughs> he wears gold, yeah. But we are. We're talking all things Robert Zemeckis this season. Yeah. Um, we're at his 12th film, Craig. 12th film, man. Pretty, pretty hardcore. I know. It's like, insane, isn't oh, it? Hasn't it just been just a wild ride? It has, but it's been one of those ones. You know how sometimes he went to an amusement park and there was a ride where you're like, nope. I will never do that ride again. Giddy up. Plenty of those. And then there's the ride that you just want to do over and over again. Yep. And then the rest are just meh. I feel like if Zemeckis was an amusement park. (laughs) 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 If his body was a wonderland. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. If his body was a wonderland. I just want to see where you go with this. Go. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go. I feel like it'd be a pretty successful theme park because (laughs) there's so much consistency in good things. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, We've got our whiteboard here at Cineful Studios, which has got our ranked films so far for the season. And when I think about, like, pretty much from, you know, the first eight films on that list, Mm -hmm. we're talking, like, in some cases it goes from What Lies Beneath to Used Cars or Romancing the Stone to I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah. And that is such a golfing quality. Oh, man. It's... it's But... It's still such a good stamper quality as yeah, well. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? It is. It is, and it's funnily enough going back to the um, to the amusement park thing. There, they're all been enjoyable rides. Yeah, they Just have. Some of them may not have been your favourite. Yep. But some of the rides, you're like, yeah, man, that was well put together. Was yeah. It, you know, was it great? Was it great? Yep. Well put together. So I'm just imagining the used car ride. Just oh golly, <laughs> golly! Yeah, that would have been mad. When we get to stripper town, strippers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> masculine strippers. That'd be awesome. I did have and then someone. Some dude just comes and grabs your tits <laughs> on the ride. <laughs> on the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those 4D experiences. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did have someone randomly message me this week and um, and say, uh, 
Oh, finally got around to listening to the used cars episode, <laughs> which is a bit behind. But finally got to listen to the used cars episode. The comment about uh, when I found out that she was a chi- looked like a Chinese swimmer <laughs> was uh, and so it made me go back and listen to that little bit again. And far out that used cars episode is fun, isn't it, Craig? I got feedback from my friend, uh, and my text message from my friend was. Wow, you really low boobs. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, he does. Jeff's getting all these professional comments. I guess you know I'm attracting what I what I put out there. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is extremely true. Craig likes boobs. Yes, yeah, true. We we can't deny that at all. Hey, um, so last week we had a look at uh, what lies beneath. Giddy up. And one of those things where it surprised me how a suspense thriller film could be so well made. Yeah, exactly. And so still so close to the tone of Zemeckis. Yeah, yeah, big time, hey. Mm, that's yeah. what I loved about it, you know what I mean? Like um it was you know going back to um Death Becomes Her. It sometimes didn't feel like a Zemeckis film, mm-hmm. even though it was in a total different um storyline. Yeah. This yeah, romance. I mean, not romance. I'm bloody um what lies beneath. Still, very swept with the Zemeckis brush. Yeah, mm, so great, it. isn't it? Um, and again, it's a real testament to what sort of a quality of a filmmaker he is. Yeah, exactly. Is that something that could have been um, just a mediocre film. Yeah. And if you look at, we'll get to the ranking later on in the episode, but if you've been keeping an eye on the videos that we pop up once a week showing the rankings, yep. you know, what lies beneath sits on what, if we were looking at this as a sporting table, would be considered a mediocre sort of mid-level Yeah, it is. Film. It is. But that positioning really does no justice to the film at no, all. No, 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 exactly. And that's what's <laughs> funny. It's And people, I don't want people to think, oh, okay, well, I'll never go watch that. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is, this is a, a guy who just consistently, consistently makes good films. Yeah. But there are just some brilliant films. Yes, there's and more brilliant yeah, films. Yeah, there's more brilliant than films, and and so it's even even coming down to Death Becomes Her and so on and so forth. It's basically don't feel discouraged from watching any of these films if we're not giving it um, the best rap. Yeah, these are still a good amongst an amazing bunch, man. I I think when I think so far and like twelve films in. Mm. I don't think there's a single one on here that I wouldn't encourage someone to watch. No, exactly. I'd get everybody to watch every single one of them. Yep. You know, and, you know what lies beneath. You know, it was great. You know, it's Harrison Ford before he got those internal hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> before he just became cranky Ford. Yeah, that's right. And he and he's before um, he became a used car. <laughs> oh golly. <laughs> The Datsun 180B yeah. that he became. <laughs> Just that beat up old car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. that was, It was a great episode. And do you know what? It's strange. We haven't had an extended period between episodes. But it feels like forever since we did this, Craig. I know. Why? Oh, it's, 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 and it's funny. I guess the impact uh, the podcast is having on our personal lives. Yes. It's it's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, exciting, know. exciting. Like it's I I would honestly say it's nothing but exciting. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. Obviously, we've had we've had great feedback, good feedback. We've had a you know a couple of you know <laughs> feedback. Um, <laughs> but 
I've enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed people coming up and talking yeah. to me whether they've liked it or not. I just, it's just been, it's been like when we say wild ride, yeah. Um, just bearing into account that Jeff and I have never done anything like this before, like podcast wise, and so this nope. is really, really cool to um, be going out and doing it, and it's just, yeah, it's been amazing. It has become the highlight of my week, Craig. Oh man, it's been highlight. It's just awesome. I was just like, yeah. And I think like if there's one thing, this will be the last. Uh, this will be our last little polishing of our own car here. Uh, but oh, that's all right. We can. Something we that, also great. <laughs> well, something that I really enjoy about the podcast that I'm finding is a common sort of theme that people give us is how um, they're just enjoying learning about movies they didn't know that they wanted to learn about. Yeah, exactly. And as a result, they want to watch the films. Yeah. And so there's like a little part of me inside that's like, oh, people are learning about Robert Zemeckis. I know, Which exactly. is like, duh, Jeff. That's why you did this thing. That's the whole point. That's <laughs> the whole point. actually happening. But it, it's good to actually see people do it, you know what I mean? And um, and, 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 and that it also shows that our enthusiasm is coming across. Yeah. Because where, if you're thinking that, um, you're like, oh, I don't know whether I want to go back and look for these things. We didn't either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't either. But yep. coming back and visiting these films or revisiting them, yep. man, I've just, totally. my appreciation through them all have just gone through the roof. Totally, totally. And you know what? Please keep your feedback coming because we flat out love it. Yeah, keep it up, guys. And, keep it up. Uh, we just love hearing about what films you're loving. We're, we're loving hearing about what films you think are bonkers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a couple of those. Yep. And what really gives me a lot of joy is when you see popping up on social media um, is people giving all the little text messages or emails or messages yep. to the Facebook page that we're getting of people quoting their favorite lines. It's like one of, <laughs> it's one of my highlights. I just absolutely love oh, it. I know. It's crazy. It's weird. It's a weird, yep. it's a weird existence to be in. And like we've talked about on previous episodes, um, listen to the episodes a second time because Craig is way funnier the second time around. <laughs> <laughs> so, Craig, should we get on to this week's film? Oh, let's get on to it. Yes. Yeah. Let's so, do so. This week, uh, we are talking Castaway. Castaway. You know, for a second there, I totally forgot what we were talking about. I was <laughs> like, oh, when Jeff was saying it, I was like, oh, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this, how long, this is how long it's been. It's how long it's been. Well, it's not even been two weeks since we did this. We did have but a little... We we stopped. We didn't record on our usual Tuesday night because mm-hmm. it was Mr. Craig Killian's birthday. So Thank a you, big happy Thank birthday! You, Thank you. It was lovely to see people it wishing was. you a happy birthday, wasn't it? Um, Turning twenty three. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, look, you look more distinguished every day, Craig. <laughs> um, Live the hard life. <laughs> <laughs> but Cocaine's a hell of a drug. So it does feel like we've been. It's been a little while since we did this, but the good news is mm-hmm. we're back. Yes. Back in the it. back in the saddle. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. For back on the raft for all those. Keep back on, on the raft. <laughs> so we are talking Castaway, and I thought um, we'll do our usual little thing. Give you the lead up, a little bit of history about the film, Craig. Yes, because it's a very interesting time. Two thousand. We're in the year two thousand still. Which, if you listen to last week's episode, you got a little teaser of what was to come this week, mm-hmm. because. Um, after 2000 is a year where Robert Zemeckis releases two films. Yes. So we did talk about this last week, but we'll recap just in case people are like massive Castaway fans and didn't want to hear about What Lies Beneath. But really, go have a listen to What Lies Beneath. It's, yeah, it's seriously, guys. Have a, have a listen. Good film. Very good film. So if we rewind now three years yeah. to 1997, 
Yep. Robert Zemeckis releases Contact. <sighs> yeah. So he releases Contact. Craig and I loved that movie. Um, and in 1998, Robert Zemeckis begins shooting Castaway. Ah, so 12 really? months after ago. Contact, um, he starts shooting. Um, and so the journey of the film is this, that they film for a year, um, do the majority of the film, mm-hmm. and then decide to take a year off filming. Yeah. And so they halt production for a year so that Tom Hanks can uh, lose all the weight that he'd gained for the film. Yeah. And when you watch Castaway, he is quite a chunky Hanks <laughs> um, at the start. And then he took a year off in order to lose his weight, grow his hair and beard long so that they were natural for the film. Yep. And um, a, a little funny side note that when I was watching the movie and I'd mentioned that to, to Kathy Lee, um, my wife, um, she said to me something that was so true. She said, imagine if these days Tom yeah. Hanks was walking around looking that disheveled and skinny the media would just come to all these sort of horrible assumptions. Oh, hell yeah. As to what was going on in his life. Look at having a poor Jet Lee. Yep. Like he was just making a movie. Yeah. And everyone's going, oh, look at Jet Lee. He looks like he's 82 or something like he's that. He's going to die. Yeah, he's going to die. He's dying. That's you know, it. Jet Lee's dying, everybody. That's, Jet Lee's dying. Yeah. That's exactly what they said. Look at Keith Richards when he was 20. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew that he was he was aware that there was going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie oh, no, like exactly. 60 years later? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same with, you know, like DiCaprio. He'll he'll get all down and dirty ready, ready for The Revenant. Yeah. And people are talking about how DiCaprio's gone off the rails. And so, you know, these some of these great actors that we have, yeah. Um they really do put their body on the line for films. Oh man, it's um Christian Bale is one of the ones oh, with the machinist. Golly. Man, that was and he got really really sick too, yeah. man. Yeah. Same Matt with Matt Damon done? Matt Damon for Courage Under Fire. Still haven't seen that, eh? Um, it's really good. And he loses such an amount of weight. I heard I did read that he did it in such a quick amount of time because they yeah. couldn't halt the, the production for him that his kidneys started shutting down and things oh. like that. So yeah, again, he got really ill because of it. Um Dang. so in a way, this year off is is quite um clever because he's Probably doing it a healthy way. Yeah, he is. Yeah, well, you can see he's he's done it in a very healthy way. Yeah, and the you know, transformation oh, in yeah. the film is crazy, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. But it, I think also to add respect to the character as well, it yes. needed to be done properly. It needed you to be You couldn't authentic. just show up skin and bone because that wouldn't reflect someone who's living on no, an island. Not at all. It, not yeah, at it all. had to reflect someone who was just living, you know, he was fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and basically just someone who is living just on the basics. Yep. Yeah. 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 No. Let's let's put a pin in that pin. and we'll come back to it later uh, when we get to let's Tom Let's park Hanks. that. Let's park but that. During this year hiatus that, that, that the film took, uh, Zemeckis was looking to stay busy um, and he started looking at scripts to do. So in the interim... Yep. In the middle of filming Castaway, he goes off, makes What Lies Beneath with yep. the same crew as Castaway. Oh, that'd have been awesome. Yeah, and then releases it. So 2000 comes around and he releases uh, What Lies Beneath early in the year. Yeah. And at the end of the year, Castaway's released. Dang. So double bunger mm. um, for, for Mr. Zemeckis. Now, I did a bit of research into the film because mm. I was thinking, 
I wonder where Castaway. That's what you do. Yeah, well, this is what I do. <laughs> what, what, what was the? Where did Castaway come from? Because we we found that quite often in the post Back to the Future world, yeah, um, Zemeckis has adapted a lot of things. Yes. So yeah. whether they're Got really novels, good at it too. Um, yeah, and and so like, um, where did this come from? What was the journey that it took to get to Zemeckis? Yes. And so what I was pretty surprised with was that the idea of Castaway was actually one that came from Tom Hanks. Ah! So, so Tom Hanks tells this story, um, and there's a really interesting video out there of a round, actor's roundtable um, last year where Tom Hanks talk, is one of the actors and they talk about things. And he actually talks about how there was this six-year journey from idea to filming for uh-huh. Castaway. So Tom Hanks was sitting at an airport. Um, actually, not sitting at an airport. He was reading an article in a magazine which talked about how the FedEx planes yeah. were flying over the Pacific Ocean three times a day because they were moving so many packages yeah. filled with parcels. And he had this thought, what the heck would happen if one of those planes went down? Sure. To which then that idea starts gestating marinating on it, growing, and he starts working at getting this film made about a FedEx employee who's on a plane that crashes in the South How can I get myself into it? So, Well, (laughs) possibly. Who knows? So he talks about how that was a six-year journey, and um, he said that he had nutted out like a a, a third of the film himself, and then he went to William Broyles Jr., who's a screenwriter, um, has done some pretty bonkers films in his filmography. Cool, never heard of him. Um, oh, Saving Private Ryan's one of them. Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> like when you look <laughs> at it, Constance um, Worker with Spielberg, um, just... So a, he just works with hacks. He's a, he's a quality yeah. screenwriter. <laughs> so Hank starts working with him and they get a second third of the film worked out. Now, just missing a last piece. And Tom Hanks goes to Robert Zemeckis and talks to him about it, to which he comes on board to help with the film. And then the last third of the film is all brought together with ah. Zemeckis. So, again, showing that Zemeckis is not um, just a pretty face. He actually... <laughs> he actually <laughs> Pretty man, that is. Yeah, well, he comes on board and he brings something fresh to everything that he does, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he brings heart to a lot of things. He sure well. does. So, um... So that's the sort of journey the film takes to get to Zemeckis. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I could see, if you were to say, like, the last third was, say, Zemeckis, if you were to really cut it up in that fashion. Yeah. You could see a lot of that. You could see a lot of that. Yeah, totally. Um, And so then um, they talk about how um, FedEx actually paid no money to have their product placement. From the get-go, it was always going to be FedEx. Cool. So it wasn't like they had to say... We're looking for courier companies. Who wants to have their name oh, on this? They're so involved in the film. You, yep. you can't even can't even pass it off as sponsorship. They're just part of the story. Yeah, exactly. But they're a logical part of the story. It you couldn't have the film without yeah a courier company. Yeah, exactly. Like they're such exactly. a vital part. And um and so FedEx talk about uh the guy that was in charge of FedEx at the time talked about how the pitch was like enough to give him almost a heart attack to think, why would I want my company involved in this? But they went along with it and actually gave access to uniforms, um, their warehousing for filming. Yep. All those things were all um, all given access to 
because they believed in the film as well. And what it actually ended up doing was increasing visibility in places like Asia and parts of the world that FedEx didn't have such... That they can crash planes. A big visual... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't check. There might have been a disclaimer in there saying that no planes, FedEx planes have crashed in this. Oh, but like it, it also shows that, you know, it'll always get delivered. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, very passionate FedEx. So that's sort of... Not like those Amazon guys. Something really funny that I did read. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more of a tidbit that, that's really funny. There's this Super Bowl commercial which we might put it on for our little memory zing yeah. that we put up for the week. Um, there's a Super Bowl commercial which um, was made like three years later and it showed um, <laughs> all the people getting handed their packages back that Tom Hanks had looked after. <laughs> And opening the presents, uh, the parcels, and in one's a pocket knife, in others a heap of waterproof matches, and just all these survival supplies that he could have used the whole a time. A satellite phone. <laughs> yeah, there was a satellite phone in one of them. And so it's like this really comical look of what had happened if he'd actually opened oh, those really early. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. <laughs> Another really cool little tidbit that I found, Craig, is that um, a couple of years later, they looked at making at, um, I think it might have been NBC. Um, I could be wrong on that tidbit, but they looked at making a Castaway TV series. Wow. And it just didn't come together. Because crazy idea. Then, and then that idea evolved into another TV series that fell through as well. Uh-huh. And that idea evolved into another TV is series. This is where I think we're going, where it's going. Which became lost. Wow! I know, right? So that's hardcore, really. So, uh, uh. so thank you, uh, oh, Mister wow. Zemeckis. Thank you, Mister Zemeckis, and Mister Hanks. Um, so, did Tom Hanks obviously still get a portion of it? Who knows? But he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. But you know that he's was gangster. That he is gangster. All his son is. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that's the little journey that the TV series went on, which became Lost, which wow. is pretty incredible. That's isn't an awesome it? story, man. So, and back in the day, we were quite fans of Lost for a bit there, weren't we, Craig? Yeah, we were. We were. I got lost. I literally got lost off there for a <laughs> while. And so I just stopped. So, that's um, really, there's no talk that could be had about casting because no, exactly. Tom Hanks pitched the movie. Yeah. He stars in it. Like, in the Thurman with Kill Bill. Yeah. You pitched it. You have to star in it. Yep. So we can't give you any hot tips on who was going to play this. Who was going to... There might be ones for things like Helen Hunt and things like that. Oh, yeah. But, but really irrelevant. Yeah, um, exactly. Because when we're really thinking about it, this movie is 100% Tom Hanks's film, isn't it? It is. It's Tom Hanks just a tour de force. It's just oh. basically... It's Tom Hanks doing his one-man play. Yeah, um, it is, isn't It's it? just... A man showing just uh, uh, seriously, it's it's breathtaking performance. It's it, I, I, there's not much more. I could, there's not much more I could say. I, well, I have to because we've got a full podcast. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, but no, it's brilliant. Amazing performance. Amazing performance. He holds the screen and everything. Amazing. Absolute madness, like hmm. that. This wasn't an awards darling. No, it's 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 a bad timing. 
Yeah, uh, insanely bad timing because we'll we'll get to it now, um, which is what films were released in two thousand. For those people who are, who haven't listened to the you know, What Lies Beneath episode, I'm gonna go through. I like revisiting these. Yeah, so like really, the big awards darling that year, which rightly so, is Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Which you know, Russell Crowe's amazing in it. I know Ridley Scott's Did amazing. Did Russell win an Oscar? That? No, oh, he won it sure? for. No, he didn't. Did he? I wonder who won Best Actor that year. Then I'm sure we'll he was nominated, but yeah, I think he's only he's the only one. Because let's go through the films, and we might get an idea of what it, what was sort of going on there. But yep, for yep. those at home, um, what's released that year is Mission Impossible Two is the highest grossing film of 2000. Yeah, um, which you know what I watched it quite a lot. Back in 2000. I was a big John Woo fan back then. Oh, yeah. I, I loved, loved John Woo. Broken Arrow. Face um, Off. Face Off. You know, like... I can eat a peach for hours. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Nicholas. Um, oh, it's all, it, that saying makes it all horrible to me. It, You know what? It is gross. <laughs> it is gross. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's incredibly, incredibly gross. Um. When you really break that down, don't you? <laughs> like, gross. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, there's, and there's a story I want to talk about, but I won't. I won't. I'm actually going to hold back. Oh, <laughs> I'm holding great. back today, guys. I'm oh, holding back. Oh, golly. I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm, somehow I'm just thinking of repercussions. Uh-huh. I shouldn't be thinking of repercussions. This no, is the what, podcast. What have we become? What have we become? I've become an adult. <laughs> Tune in for FFTL After Dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, Where Craig will tell all about that. But second highest grossing film of the year was Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Yep. Brilliant Again, film. You an amazing it, yeah. film. Yeah. Um, really showed the world just how much of a superstar Russell Crowe was. Yes. Um, and also Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, um, man. Joaquin And just I was on. talking today. Um, we went and saw A Star Is Born last night. Yep. Um, which was a really good film, although um, it was spoilt by some grey nomads sitting behind <laughs> us. Uh, <laughs> some older ladies who... Every moment that could be emotionally impacting managed just at the right moment to go, oh, no, he's going to kill himself. Oh, "Oh, no, (laughs) don't talk to that guy. Or can I tell you my biggest pet peeve in in movies with old people is when you're sitting and watching a movie and um, (laughs) something is on the screen in writing yeah, or they pick up a jar. And they're like, the jar will say um, C4 explosives. Let's say that. Yeah. Oh, no. He's got a jar of C4 explosives. <laughs> you know, like things yeah, like just, that. Yeah, they state the obvious. And so in A Star is Born, there's this little moment where um, when you meet Lady Gaga's character performing for the first time, she's singing that Love Ian Rose uh, song. Mm. And... Um, so later there's this beautiful moment when they come home they've got a neon sign in their house that says Levion Rose Bradley Cooper turns on the light and it's this glow and you can and the old lady behind us is like Levion Rose (laughs) 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 really loud there's no tact in it at all Um, so unfortunately A Star Is Born was pretty much any emotional moment was ruined by this old lady my dad was horrible like that was he? oh no no my dad used to yell at the screen he used to yell like, what's she doing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Don't go oh, in there. Don't go in there. 
oh, seriously? She's not turning on the fucking light? And I go, Dad, Dad, we're in a movie. It's a horror movie. You just got to let her watch the movie. Oh, but what idiot walks into a house and not turn on the light? This is stupid. This is fucking stupid. Oh. <laughs> I'd just be like, Dad. Dad, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> That's Muppets so going to New York. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so, Just let me watch it. <laughs> so it got me thinking. Uh, we talked about uh, afterwards what musical sort of movies we liked. Yeah. And uh, we started talking about Walk the Line. Yeah. And how incredible Joaquin Phoenix is in that film. Mm. And we really start thinking about He's a bonkers good actor. He's an amazing actor. He's just he's just so intense. Yes. That you you sort of like he's an amazing actor, but I, I don't know if I could hang around him. Oh, you wouldn't want to be friends with him. No, no. Have you exactly. seen the I'm Still Here documentary? No, I ref- I refuse oh, to. Oh man, like it's almost like if that is fake, yeah. He is one of the best actors ever living. If it's not fake, He's a very troubled human being. <laughs> I think he's a little bit of both. It's crazy, which makes him perfect, I guess, for the Joker movie that he's currently filming. Yeah, exactly, which I hope is really good. He looks really good. Me too. Looks um, really good. Yeah, Todd Phillips, I, I think he's going to sort of break that comedy mold. War Dogs was quite good. Yeah, I liked War Dogs. Um, so I think he's got it in him to to really sort of break away from, you know, your, your frat boy humour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think he'll do well. I think he'll do well. Also released in 2000, What Women Wants uh, was the fourth highest grossing film. That's because Castaway was the third highest grossing film of uh, 2000. Yeah. Uh, it took $429 million. Yeah. Um, and is actually Zemeckis' second highest grossing film oh. ever. Behind And Forrest they both Gump. had a Helen Hunt. Yeah, they did. What Women Want. Good hmm. year for Helen. I know. Great year Good for Helen. Good job, Helen. She was... Huge she was huge for back then. just like a year. Was she in that TV show well, I think with she Paul Rice? Away. Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, oh, I've forgotten about. I, mad about you. Mad about you, and they had a crossover. Did they? Seinfeld, yeah. Kramer. Did they really? Kramer once hopped on there. Oh, I did not no, know no, that. Yeah, exactly. There's a scene where um, Paul Reiser goes to Kramer's um, apartment. Yeah, and then obviously um, Paul Reiser goes, "Isn't that where your friend Jerry guy lives?" Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's not there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's weird. They had the that is crossover. bonkers and makes a lot of sense because yeah. they were very much like very sister shows, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In a way. But also, yeah, she was huge and then disappeared. Yeah. I think it must have been something on her own, a personal thing. Like because, a family thing. Yeah, because she was big and she carried a lot of films. I don't think she basically, I think she left on top, you know, because I yeah. can't remember any flops that she did. Yeah, wow. Also released was uh, Disney's Dinosaur, which... Um, I finally I, saw the cover to that. I know oh, what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last, obviously, last time we were talking about it, I was like, I have no damn idea. But I looked it up. Yeah, I looked. Yeah, I hate that movie. Do you? It's yeah. got a beautiful soundtrack. Oh, does it? Being being the um, the cinematic score nerd that I am, um, it's on a um, playlist that I love. And whenever it pops up, it's one of those ones that I'm like, oh, I got to check that out. I think it was James Newton Howard. Um, Ooh. So, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Also released, I threw a few more on here for you, Craig. Snatch. Love Snatch. The Beach. Oh, The Beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Danny Boyle. And really important because Alex um, Garland, Garland is yeah. making some amazing films. Amazing now. films, man. Yeah. Did you see uh, Annihilation? Deuce Machina is awesome. 
Did you see Annihilation, the Netflix no, film with it. Natalie Portman? No, I haven't. I want oh, to. Oh, golly, Trey. Seriously, there is a scene in that that is one of the most harrowing scenes I've ever Ooh, seen. For Everyone says it's amazing. It's just one of those films that, yes, it's a long list, man. There's a lot of quality in Oh, man, there There's is. Netflix coming out, just yeah. basic normal stuff. Yeah, Netflix it. has just revitalized quality. It sure you know has. I mean? Because you don't need a studio now to back you for quality. No. Nah. You don't at all. Netflix is just bringing that out, and so the so is Amazon and all them jumping on board and dropping big dollars. Yeah, man, big dollars, and just giving people the um, artists that space to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I love um, it. I understand where a couple couple of people were probably thinking that the movie, the superhero genre, is drowning them out. But man, Netflix is there, man. Netflix is there. Yeah, making some up, good stuff. Picking up the slack. Yeah, yeah I love it. Uh, check out Annihilation, people. Um, also released was Pitch Black. Introduced the world to Mr. Vin Diesel. I always, every time you talk about Pitch Black, I think about Vin Diesel went heaps diva on this film. Yeah, and supposedly went off at the premiere, which was in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and basically said that he needed his own, oh, his own room or something like that like some weird thing where he, he needed his own seat away from the audience to watch the film and he was just oh, he's wow. deaverish about it it wasn't his first big film he was in saving private ryan oh i know uh, but still but he wasn't still. That. he wasn't fast and furious big, yeah yeah you know I mean? do you remember that time the we um, needs to just give we, a quick hit we went down for the fast and the furious premiere do you remember that no and then uh paul walker and vin diesel never showed up because it turned out they went partying in, in Sydney oh, instead. Oh, yes, I remember. I remember that. <laughs> oh, wow. Classic. Ugh. Classic superstars. Just disregard. Also, also released X-Men. The first X-Men was released. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. <laughs> like I said before, can't wait for glass. American Psycho. We talked about that a bit in the last episode. Yep. Let's just avoid that. And Traffic from Steven Soderbergh. Uh, which is a beautiful film. But there is one more that I really wanted to tell you about, Craig, which I think you'll be really excited for. Tell me, tell me. 2000 is the year of the release of The Walk Boy. Hey, Walk Boy. <laughs> Walk Boy Dollars, hey. <laughs> really? Walk Boy Dollars, man. This yeah. is where it came about. 2000. Wow. Please tell me you have numbers. Do you have numbers? Nick Giannopoulos. No, I don't have numbers. Oh, I don't Reed. care about it, it that much. It was close to the billions. <laughs> <laughs> it was close to the billions. We're talking Titanic We're dollars. talking Walk Dollars, man. And that's like more than, you know, that's more than Robert Demeckis could do. This is Walk Dollars. <laughs> Man, this is Nick Giannopoulos kicking ass here in Australia. We'll put we'll put something up for you guys so you can see the trailer to the Wog Boys, so you can see why we're so excited about. That. I know, man. Seriously, it united a whole community. It was awesome. They all came out in force. They hadn't been so united since Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm talking Greeks versus Italians, okay, but but still, <laughs> Craig, you just uh, I'm just destroyed. Putting I'm everyone in one box. That's I'm just terrible. categorizing everyone. That's right. So that's a little. We've got the journey of the film up until Castaway is released. Yep. Uh, the other films that are released in that year, which again, 2000 is a really big year for film. Yeah. Um, would we call it a vintage year? Look. I think for some films that were probably our mainstays growing up, yeah, I think 2000 is an important year because for me especially, there are so many films that I watched a lot in 2000, being sort of 18. Yeah, true. Um, you know, you're at that age where I had a DVD player. 
worked quite hard to get my first DVD player. It cost me $700. Damn! I was working for the good guys at the time. That's um, that's hardcore. That's 700 bucks, man. That's pretty I know, hardcore. I know. I um, saved my sweet money and I would pay $45 a DVD to, uh, <laughs> to get. So, <laughs> old school. So, like, your movies like Snatch and The Beach and X-Men... Um and Gladiator. Then I don't know how many times I've watched Snatch. I know they're they're all films that I watch so many Just times. So hey. many, so many times. Which is interesting because I don't know why I didn't give enough love to Castaway. Oh, I watched Castaway heaps. Did man. you? I've watched Castaway heaps. I watched this not long, probably about eight months ago. Wow. Well, for me, like I haven't watched it that many times. It's like, one of those movies I almost cried in when I first watched it. Oh, so it held it held a it held a place for me. Yeah, okay, I get it, I get it. So let's let's get there, Craig. So thinking about um, the film itself, Castaway, mm-hmm. saying that you know for you you watched it pretty frequently. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, Seriously, I would say oh, like when I say frequently, I say like every eighteen months, two years. Yeah, okay, I get it, I get it. So what did you what did you expect um, leading into it? Oh, I, I expected goodness, mate. I expected what I got. You know what I mean? It's just a film where you basically just follow one man on screen yeah, through his entire journey. And obviously, I learned more from this film watching it again. Yes. Um, through, obviously, once again, through Zemeckis eyes, but also through a more mature eyes as well. Um, it's just loved it. It's, yeah, it's I, pretty you know, amazing. I, what I, I got what I expected. Yeah. Um, which was just a film that's one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Across oh. the Board, it's one of my favourites. Wow. This will be really interesting come ranking time, Craig. I oh, know. Um, but for me, like, it wasn't on my list as one that I'd watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'd watched it in the last seven years. Oh, wow. Um, I had to actually buy it for this episode. Oh, So really? it wasn't one in my collection. Um, and so... I think it had been so long for me watching the film. There were a whole heap of things that I didn't even remember were in there. And so um, Kathy would, as she frequently does, ask uh, what's going to happen, you know, <laughs> when it gets a bit concerning. Um, yeah, as my wife does. You know, and and I had to say a couple of times, like, I can't remember what I can't happens. remember. But it was wonderful because it was like I was watching it again for the first time. And that's what was crazy about me too. It's just basically I tried to watch it once again from a, I don't know, a reviewer's type eye. Yeah. But I just got caught up again. Isn't it? Do you know what? I actually like, normally I would have my notebook filled with notes. Yeah, exactly. And I've got notes in my phone. But what I realized was really quickly into the film was I wasn't thinking about making notes. Yeah, exactly. Because I was lost in it. I wasn't thinking about making mental notes, you know what no, I mean? No, not at all. I was just watching it going, I'm just watching an amazing film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um it's it's pretty crazy and it really is a testament to one how great a story it is. Oh, it's how simple a story it is yep. as well. Yeah, totally. But made great. Yeah. And it's a story we've all seen a million times. Yep. It is. It's it's like the idea of a survival story, yeah, is is something that um, that 
has been done so many times. Actually, Craig, just before we might put a little pause on the the idea of a survival story. Put a pin on it. Um, That's two pins because for those counting pins, we have got know. two pins, um, and I'll guarantee you we forget about those pins. <laughs> I know. Put exactly. um, those counting at home. But That's what all. I'm thinking is just before we really get into it, because um, we're about to go deep. Ooh. Um, let's just take a moment in case there are people at home who have not seen Castaway and don't have a clue what Castaway is about. So let's just, we'll stop for a moment and let's just hear about it. An amazing transformation and a tear-jerking scene that has a volleyball. This film shows the powerhouse that is Tom Hanks. Stranded on an island, trying to survive both mentally and physically, this film, several years in the making, has Bobby Z follow the epic transformation of Tom Hanks from time-obsessed delivery man to stranded survivor. All right, so you, we've just heard what the film's about, Craig, and again, beautiful voice. Thank what you. a beautiful voice. It's all that lovely honey. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a cup of honey here. That <laughs> That's he a cup on. of honey. It's just knocking it back. We've we've got uh, official FFTL uh, beehives. <laughs> Bee- <laughs> beehives. So official FFTL honey. <laughs> 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 it's red gum. Yeah. Um, Just drink my honey. So, like, the film is a survival film, isn't it? Yes, right? it is. It um, is. It's a s- survival story. And, again, if we think about what's released that year, um, the beach is almost like this anti-story to it. Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, that's very true. It's um, very true. So, it's a real... I wonder what was going on around that time that progressed to that point of... Yeah, you know in, that yeah, sort that part of in the world. being in people's conscious. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, it's this survival film um, that really it shouldn't be on paper. It shouldn't be as engaging as it is. No, exactly. And well, and actually, going back to your previous point, I think this was really around the start of globalization. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like where everyone was starting to get connected, technology was starting to connect yeah. up, everything like that. Like because Mobile you think phones about are yeah, more prominent. You, you think about the beaches, the beach. The idea of the beach was trying to um, find a place away from the hustle of humanity. Yes. Um, and then obviously you get to the place like this where it's getting away from once again the hustle where a man who's trapped in the hustle of humanity yeah. and he's good at the hustle of yes. humanity has to live without it. Yeah. You know, and I guess both of these films um tackle that. It's what happens when it's you know, stripping away stripping away that um hustle and bustle. Yeah, so good. And and really when you think about great solo performances in film. Hmm. I don't think I was trying to think about it, and without going on the survival tangent the last person that I really saw give a performance that kept me hooked for the entire film mm-hmm. like this was either um, James Franco in 127 Hours mm-hmm. or Ryan Reynolds in Buried. I love Ryan Reynolds in Buried. Amazing, I think that it? was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. My brother Frank hates it. Is Frank a person that wants a happy hates ending? At yeah, the end of he the hates film, Arlington though? Road too. Yeah, hates him. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I watched it. Brooke, Brooke hated it too, but Buried is one of is once again. I love these um, films where it's one person just carrying the whole damn film against the odds. Against the odds, exactly. But like where it's such a simple film, but it's it it it, 
It goes so deep. Yeah. Yeah, Buried, man. That's up there with one of my favorite films. Oh, check it out, people, because I think it's a really underrated gem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Uh, if you watch watch the behind the scenes of the film as well. Yes. It's so clever. Just brilliant, isn't it? it? Yeah, the whole film is brilliant. Um, So when we think about Castaway, like what they do really well and and something that I, I noticed really early on is... Let's take a bit of time and just think about how crazy an actor Tom Hanks is. Exactly. He, like, not only does he carry the film, mm-hmm. but just the little things that he can do totally emote without, like, there's a scene where he's just, he's scared. And you know the moment where the coconuts are falling? Yeah, from yeah, the yeah, exactly. And he's scared and he's shouting out, who's there? Who's there? <laughs> and, but like in that, that little voice that he did in that moment, like there were four or five emotions in it. Yeah. You know, you're finding frustration. You're finding fear. All in a voice. And, and it also shows that you couldn't have anyone else in this. Movie. No way. Because Tom Hanks's comedy background yeah comes in so handy oh. lightening the film as well because it just you could tell that if someone didn't have that comedic background yeah and they took this so 100% yeah it would be a draining film it would be isn't it, it? A draining film but when you're watching the world's nicest man you know St. Hanks yeah just basically going through it you know I made fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> come on baby light my fire you know and you yeah. just basically and you're laughing with him because Hanks can pull the comedy and oh. he can lighten it, even though he's just by himself. It's, yes. it's seriously the mo- oh, I, I, I'm just flabbergasted. You actually like what's wonderful about it, and it's all his performance. Um, is that there's not a point where, like, the guy is so good that you actually feel for an inanimate object later yeah. on in the movie. Yes, exactly, exactly, and 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 that is anyone else without the the heart and the comedy background that Hanks has. Yeah. Wilson the volleyball does not get sold at all. No, exactly, exactly. I just I like, and that's brilliant directing again. Again, one yeah. of the only scenes where um, actual music cues in. Yes. And it's because... Um, and again, can I, can I yeah. put a pin in like for two seconds? We've talked about in previous episodes where they've tested the waters on leaving space in, in score. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. create tension. And then when it does come in, it's so powerful. Exactly. The use of... Actually, that's a good point to jump onto. The use of sound in this film yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So basically... Um, when you're on the island, he strips it and just makes it such a natural noise yes. and the natural sounds that you're on the island. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But that also, once again, it goes back to the point where it takes you away from the hustle and bustle. Yeah. You're just at nature. And yeah. also, you're at nature's disposal as well. And and like when we think about the character of Chuck, yeah, that juxtaposition mm. is is like massive for him because he's a workaholic. Yeah, exactly. His life is the hustle and the bustle. Both of them are. 
Yeah. But they need Rolodexes to catch up with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can imagine that today. People pulling out their smartphones and doing it. Shared calendars. Shared calendars. Yeah, exactly. And that is, and that's one of those scenes um, where Helen Hunt, oh, for those who haven't seen it, Helen Hunt and Tom Hanks um, are trying to plan when they're next going to meet up. Yeah. Um, it's at a Christmas dinner and he's been called out on a late flight. And they've been in a relationship for three years. Exactly. Exactly. So they can't even get regular time together. No. Yeah, no. Exactly. And so, like, it really is interesting, the work ethic of a workaholic. Mm. It's key, though, to Chuck's survival. Exactly. It is. It's he's, his meticulous nature. Yes. Um, not only stops it, but it actually helps him survive yeah. as well. Yeah, it's actually... Without that drive that he has, yep, he wouldn't have survived. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. And you see him, you see him when he's basically um, trying to figure out how far the search area is. Yeah, you know, you can see that this man is a smart guy. Yeah, and he he uses that intelligence, that intelligence to help himself survive. Yeah, yeah, and and the the past in again those moments where Zemeckis in a film is giving us details. Without speaking it to us. Oh, and that's... Show us, don't say it. This, I would think, is the best film where Zemeckis shows you everything by not explaining anything. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think that's... And uh, and you see it all. You see, basically, you know, when you see when it comes back from the gap in time, the three years, where it's basically you see the calendar that he's created because... Yeah, with the sunlight. sunlight, You know, it just... it's, It's just, once again, it's... Zemeckis just painting his yeah. a beautiful, beautiful picture. Even at the start where you have that moment where it goes through his office slowly. Yeah. To come down to his like sort of so you're seeing he's got sailing in his blood. He's he's a bit adventurous even though yeah. he's he's I never so noticed busy. that sailing one before. Yeah. And so it was, it was like, only just this time I went, Oh, he's a sailor. That yeah. makes sense. Exactly. And mm. and Kathy's like, That's a weird thing to see and it's like Yeah, he forecasts a lot of it. So good. So, yeah, like, really, uh, I've come to really appreciate this season how often um, Zemeckis doesn't, he feeds us. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to. And how cool is it when he's following the package? Oh, yeah, that opening (laughs) scene. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool, isn't it? Even, I love the little, the package then tilts and the camera goes with it on the side and keeps going. Yeah. Oh, man. Shuts, opens up its Russia. Yeah. And you love it. But then again, he tells the story of that woman without telling the story. Crazy, isn't it? I know, amazing. Amazing. It's it's, it's crazy. And I do love the way that the film is bookended with her. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know... um, even we'll fast forward to the ending where where Chuck is now back to reality. Yeah. And all he wants to do is deliver her package. Yeah. It's like it's almost like he needs that closure. Yeah. Which we'll get to closure in a minute because I I think this is a massive film, not just for this, but for Robert Zemeckis yeah. at the moment in his timeline. But for for Chuck. He's had the closure of his relationship. Mm-hmm. He knows that that's done and dusted. Um, and we'll get there a bit bit later on. Um, but the importance of actually delivering the package in order to have closure of his experience on, on the, the island. island. Exactly. It's just, oh, man. There's, there's a really subtle depth to this film. 
oh, it's um, there's so much you could just keep rewatching a film and from yeah. giving like you could give a person a different angle to watch it from each time. Totally, and, would, and you would see not a different film, but you'd see the whole theme. You'd, you'd yeah. see a different theme. Yeah, it's it's seriously to my mind, it's one of it's a, an incredibly intelligent film as well. It's um, yeah, I, I really. I think I underestimated how intelligent a film it was going to be. Oh yeah, because people just think because people just think it's just a guy stuck on an island. Yeah, and it's Tom um, Tom Hanks just losing a lot of weight. Yeah, when it's so much more than that. Yeah, like you watch uh, once again going back to Tom Hanks's um, performance, watching him when he comes back from the island, mm-hmm. and suddenly he's a stranger in his own world. Yeah, his actions are once again they're slow. Yep. Consider it. You know what I mean. Totally. Um, once again, because it's and it's one of those things that he, he learns on the island is just about patience. Yes, about building that patience. You know what I mean. Where yeah, he, he doesn't have a light. You know, like when he picks up that lighter um, thing where he's in the hotel room at the yeah. end, and he's clicking the lighter, and he's just like he giggles to himself. You know what I mean? Because he'd have to do it all the hard way, the yeah. old school way. Yeah, but just also, and you know, where he goes up to a house and and she goes, "It's pouring rain. Get out of the rain." And he just doesn't notice. Yeah, because it's because what's that? Yeah, it's rain. I'm always in the rain. You know what I mean? It's yeah. This is fine. It's just raining. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Uh, the life is just so simplified for him. He can't sleep on a bed. You know what I mean? He's it's down just, on the floor, mm. still keeping his habits going. Yeah, flicking his light on and off. <laughs> you know, just oh, seriously, so good. Use great. You um, the film is just so great at at taking those moments that became his reality. Yeah. And showing how he needs that to survive in the real world. Yeah, exactly. So, again, if you're looking at it, um, it becomes a survival film again. Yeah, exactly. How to survive in the real world. How to, how did he come back and survive when everyth- everyone else has moved on? And I do love that the film lingers post-island. Yeah, I like because, that too. Because I think so often people would get him, like 127 hours, Yeah, you know, he gets out. He, they fast forward through that. You see that everything turned out okay for him, but it's left at that. But no one really talks about those journeys, yeah. That people take after that, like he was gone for four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, more than that, more than that, yeah, yeah, more than that. But like he was gone for four or five years, and to then come from, you know, how noisy that moment where he's in the hotel room. Everyone's left. He looks so uncomfortable around all those oh, people. Yeah, exactly. And then they leave, and all you can hear is that noise. Yeah. Oh, of the it's city. It's just oh man, it's so well. Again, using sound in such a um, a great way. Exactly. And once again, it's just he's just and I just love he's he shuts down in, in all of his um, movements. Yeah. You know, he's a wild guy at the start. You yes. know, he's, you know, you know, we're, we're dictated by time, you know, da, da, da. and he's wild. He's, he's, he's full of enthusiasm. He's yeah. um, animated. Yeah. But at the end, he's just, he's, he's not, he's nowhere near a shell of a man. No He's not way. broken by what has happened to him. No. He's just a different man where he just sits there now. He basically just, um, and he takes everything in. He has to do things in his own time. Yeah. He's just, totally. once again, he's not, well, I guess you could say it easily. He's no longer dictated by time. He's not. And, and you know, even in those early stages in the workaholic times when he couldn't even remember his friend's name. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, like, or he forgot to ask about his wife. Yeah. Like his best friend's wife. Yeah. And and what I um what I'd written down as one of my notes was that in that journey that he takes on the island, mm. it's actually like the escape helps him find his humanity. Yeah, it does. Because again at the end he's just he's so compassionate now. Yeah. For for his friend. And that beautiful moment they share where he says, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you when your yeah. wife passed away. And he and he doesn't say it from a stupid, oh, well, obviously you're on an island. Yeah, but that's he's exactly saying it, right. He's saying it from a soulful place where, you know, he's looking at his friend and, mate, I'm so sorry. I just, yes. I wasn't there. I know it's impossible and it's a silly thing to say, but I need to say this, you know, because I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, so it's beautiful. It's, it isn't is. It? it is the whole movie, man. It's it's um it's Tom Hanks just giving one of the best performances ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Like out of all all all, all acting, you know. Yeah. It's you you can't dismiss this film so easily. Yeah, and and it's led us at home outside of the podcast. We're watching lots of Tom Hanks at the moment to lap up how great an actor he is. Yeah, exactly. We we watched it the first time um a couple of nights ago, The Terminal. Oh I enjoyed the Terminal. Oh, what are like if there's one thing I can say about Tom Hanks, he is just a joy to watch. Like he, he, is. he really is. And when he gets those roles that are filled with heart he he internal he brings an internal goodness. Oh, doesn't he ever? Just, it's it's Mr. Good Guy Tom Hanks. And I think you just can't you can't ignore it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He just brings and he brings that goodness into the film. Every film. Like seeing him dressed up as Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Of all in these <laughs> upcoming films. You just go, Oh god, isn't that just a match made in Yeah. <laughs> you know totally. Because I mean? they are. They're very much they're just they seem like just very good people. Yeah. Very good people. Yeah, totally. Can I talk about I think there's a um I don't know if you picked up on it, but um I'll start here and then we'll get to where I'm heading. But um I love how often I just internally process externally on the podcast. No, yeah, go for it, man. Um, but Often we've sort of looked during the this season um, at the titles that Robert Zemeckis chooses. Yeah. And the fact that what we have taken for granted, like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the lack of a question mark in there yeah. totally shifts from being a question to actually telling you what the film's going to be about. Yeah. Then we talk about Back to the Future. Yeah. You know, that tells the story about the journey. We talk about what lies beneath yeah. and, and how that's not just about a lady dead at the bottom of the ocean. Or, yeah, or it's a like, river. I think I know where you go with this. You yeah. know, so um, when I looked into Castaway, again, like I've done so, so many times in this, I've written it as one word. Yeah, a exactly. Castaway. Um, which makes you think of someone that's lost. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lost at sea. Um, then I realized it's two words. Yes. The official title is Cast Away. And he gives that up in the title, the the title at the start. Yeah. He goes cast and then away comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start looking at the title in that sense, it shows so much depth already in the film. Yeah. You know, Cast Away isn't about being lost. It's about being given up. Yeah, exactly. Being discarded. It, exactly. But it's also and it's also about him discarding as well. Yes. Has he cast away things from him as yes, well? Yes. So you know what I mean? Good. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's about the his 
the world outside the the you would call the modern world yep. has cast him away. He's died. Totally. He's died. He yeah. has. He's been cast away. They buried him. Uh, yep. They well, they buried a box and some of his goodies. Um, but like it really got me thinking. And the final third of the film, which is when he returns and um, he goes back, I think. Oh man, I wish I could remember her name. But Helen Hunt's character. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Nearly hicked up. Hiccuped. Um, <laughs> but. Um, I started thinking about, in the episode before, Craig brought a little fact up, which was that 2000 was also pretty significant for Mr. Zemeckis. And we don't want to dwell on horrible things. Especially things we can't confirm. Yeah, that's exactly right. But 2000 was the year that Zemeckis finalized his divorce. Yeah. And being a person who has been divorced himself. Mm -hmm. um, And being a man who's looking for one. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you do my wife We love you Brooke She does listen to this anyway She does some great pulled pork Damn you Brooke Don't listen to my podcast (laughs) She's got a little tracker out For every time she's she's referred to in the podcast I told her last night I referred to her heaps She goes do you? (laughs) I said you're just gonna have to listen She obviously hasn't listened to uh, The second episode where you discuss Having something orange orange. (laughs) Gets my lips Oh golly A little throwback there. But like getting back to to the idea. So thinking along those lines, there is something very cathartic about this film, Mm. which is like in a way Chuck could be Zemeckis. Yeah, yeah. And that fact that he knows for whatever reason. I can only go from what it's like to be divorced. And there is a moment where you have to decide, do I keep fighting or do I let this go? And there's a moment for Chuck where he's like, do I break off this relationship or do I let it go? And it's almost like there's a moment in the house when he looks, he's looking at all the photos on the fridge and it's like his eyes just got me. Like I got really emotional because he's realizing they're his memories that have been stolen. Yeah. Yeah. By this tragedy. And so he's looking at all these things that could have been him. Well, probably may not have been. Yeah, exactly. Because of the workaholic that he was. Yeah. But really this, the ending of the film for me, it just came across as so important to a man processing his divorce through all this. Yeah. And it's like, you know, maybe he needed to get away from it all in yeah. order to realize that this was something that wasn't going to progress anymore. And 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 then once again the sense of hope. Yes. When he just talks about the the door that shows up. When mm-hmm. he's talking to his friend and he goes, "Then you just don't know what the tide will bring." Yes. And that's it's as much as you might think that schmaltzy. No. No. It's brilliant. He goes, you know, the tide once brought in the way that he could escape. Yes. Yes. And come home. Yeah. And 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 then the whole movie, you can basically see you don't know what the tide will bring. Yeah. The tide brought him um, the packages. Yes. The tide brought, and then once back onto the real world, um, the tide brought him a new car, the car, his old yes. car. Yes. And it took him to that lady, if you wanted yep. to look at it in a romantic point of view, which I do. I like I, to look at it as... I a, totally do. I like to look at it as just a long um, a long love story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about having something, losing it, 
and then the hope that can come unexpectedly yeah. in that. When you think you've lost it all. Yeah. And he does that several times. He thinks he's lost it all. Totally. Even I, I completely had forgotten about how the fact that he had tried to kill himself. Yeah. And, and they don't about give it. you that straight no. away. Any other, um, I think I would say second-rate director would show that. 100%. And they'd say, look, play it up because this is going to be the most depressing part of the film. Yep. This is your Oscar moment. This is the clip they'll yes. show in the Oscars. You standing on top of the mountain crying. Yeah, but I love how he 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 passes over that. Yeah, but you see the remnants of it, and you see the remnants of it when he talks about it in the room with his friend. Um, I love that whole moment because that to me shows brilliant storytelling. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to show you that harrowing scene. But it also shows a hopeful heart as well. Exactly. Um, and and which again, we all have our stories. Yeah, but people who have got hope. Don't dwell on the hurt mm. or the darkness. They dwell on the things that are joyous and wonderful in their life. Exactly. And so you can talk about them. Yeah. But you don't need to drag people through them in order to, to keep moving forward. Exactly. And and again, he handled it. If it is, you know, again, people need to know this is not gospel. This is no. just me, me getting what I got out of the film. But if this is his processing through a hard time. Yeah. You know, I can relate to it massively because it's so beautifully done. You know, the fact that there can be such loss but such hope can come unexpectedly in it. Yeah. And and it's just wonderful. It's it's one of those differences between victim versus survivor. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, he's never, even though obviously he's the victim of a lot of circumstance, yes. he never falls victim to his circumstance. Yeah, and, um, and he survives these things. Yeah, and that's what I and 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 look, I know we, we might be just belaying the point here, but um, but that's what I love about this film. It's it's such drastically these things happen to him that it just blows your mind. Yeah, but he comes back. And it's uh, you feel hope at the end of the film. Oh, I love it, Craig. And it's just before seriously. we go over it, just one little... Yeah, yeah. I just want to do one shout out yep. to that awesome plane crash sequence. Oh, got it right here, oh, Craig. Good, so good, it's good. good. We were getting oh, good. there, bro. Oh, I just didn't want to go somewhere and, f- and forget this amazing point oh. this, of this filmmaking, of this amazing filmmaking scene. It It's seriously... Firstly, it came as such a surprise to me mm. because you know what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you don't know how. No. And I guess we do live in a world from probably lost onwards Yeah, where plane crashes are all very similar. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, the hole happens in the side of the plane. Someone gets sort of sucked violently out. sucked out and something happens. But it's like... It wasn't that. It was. It was like even when the guy gets hit in the head, it was. It was drained. It was oh, drawn out. Yes, and and those moments where you're just waiting for that um, cargo hold to break a little bit and that that um, big container to come yep. crashing in. Even when the watch drops, like you're like, don't go after <laughs> don't it. Don't go after just it. Just leave it. You would have had your old nomads going, oh, he's going for oh, the no. clock. Don't get Can't. the watch, Tom. Stay in the seatbelt. But that's the thing. If you would have stayed in the seat, he would have died. Yeah, And this is the note I made. It's just so 
insane how life can do that. Yeah, exactly. Like a moment can change everything. And I guess, you know, we could even flash back to Back to the Future again. This concept that decisions and the paths that they can take us on they sort of underlie within a lot of Zemeckis' films. Exactly. That, that Just that one thing, like he decided to go on the plane that night. Yep. Yep, totally. And he could have ignored that. He could have ignored that completely. He could have proposed and Christmas. just... Yeah, he could have proposed. And just done that. Yeah. And it, the way that life could have changed from there. Yeah, I know. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's, yeah. And Zemeckis, obviously, once again, shows that heart. Oh, uh, shows that heart. So the, the freaking to it. good. But yeah, it's that scene is just crazy. And it's horrifying. Um, I watched it with Brooke, which is a, a, an amazing thing. My wife now wants to watch every movie with me. So does so, mine. So we've, she's been watching every film with me. So I have to wait. And so um, we watched Castaway together. Oh, and, um, and just seeing that scene and watching the plane. Diving into the water. <gasps> Horror. Once again, like I said, scared of drowning. When his hate. foot gets caught. Oh, oh the oh. foot getting caught. Or, or the little thing of oh, or the little thing of supplies that disappear, you know. Yep. Just, oh, oh, man. It's so good, isn't it? Like he really is. Um I've loved it because again, I'm in the same boat. Kathy wants to watch the film. Yeah. Um, and, and it's good watching, having them there, isn't oh, it? Because isn't it? they don't, they're not, they're not movie nerds like us. No. And they ask these questions that are basically as stressful as it may be sometimes. <laughs> you basically go, okay, yeah, it adds a perspective once again, you know, yeah. to what you're looking at. Mm. Yeah. And I just love that um, how great a filmmaker Robert Zemeckis is, mm. is drawing, we're hearing it regularly. Yeah. He's drawing people into his films. Mm. Like, it's it's like catching. You know, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like it, it is. is. You it's, get drawn in. It's just people are catching the Zemeckis bug. And I flippin' love it because, you know, in what world, I would never have in my wildest dreams thought that I would watch What Lies Beneath with my wife. Yeah. Because she hates those films. Yeah. But after watching the other Zemeckis films, she's like, i got to watch this. But it's also just thought of, and we may have raised this before, I don't know. Yeah. But one of the, one of the most amazing talents that Zemeckis has yes. is his ability to use talent. Oh, his, like his, his leading act, men? Yeah, drain, like even just, and women, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you said, drawing into the films, and good actors do that. Yeah. And see how he does that, apart from, in my mind, that becomes her. But um, apart from how he does that, how he draws people in. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. If, if you go through it, you know what I mean? Like, basically, you could see, um, you know, he loves blonde girls. <laughs> 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 you know, Jenny, you know, all the contact, you know, Jodie Foster. But these these aren't victims in themselves, Helen Hunt. No way. But they draw you in as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's He really has. And it's funny you mention it, Craig, because my article for this episode is actually about the leading people that Zemeckis ah! works with. So, and, and just the almost like stable of talent that yeah, want to work draw with upon. That, But he also finds as well. And when you, know you think mean? about like, future films, yeah, it's just dawned on me. He teams up with Crispin Glover again in Beowulf, ah. um, which I didn't even think about. I didn't this. even think about that too. He so plays, hopefully, the, he plays the, the Grendel. Yeah, so hopefully we can find out that a bit of... Um, Patching wow. happened there. 
they um, hugged and kissed. And like loved. when you think about future talent that he's got coming, right? Mm. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. You know, he's got Denzel Washington coming. Brad Pitt, Marion Cotillard, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I bought that the other day, I lied. Oh, did you? Five dollars, Go Craig, five dollar bargains. I love it. But he's just got such talent that start coming through, and he's going to work with Dwayne Johnson in his next films. And he, and he, and he just what he does. He's just all these actors. He just takes them higher. Yeah, he does, doesn't but he? But he also he doesn't push it. He 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 grabs what makes the actor f- famous. Yes. And he amplifies it whilst taking them to a new area. And it's that's what I love. Like, like let's say going back to What Lies Beneath again. Yep. You know? And I'm not going to go directly to Harrison Ford. I'm actually going to go to Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, please do. You know what I mean? They, they, they talks about, you know, um, he brings a woman who's renowned for her beauty. Yes. You know what I mean? But he also takes it to that age as well. Yes. That comes with all beauty, you know what I mean? And he, he helps to tackle with that. And that's what the same with this, you know, it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. You know, Tom Hanks just basically he brings the nice guy, Mr. Tom Hanks. Yeah. And just lets you watch him. But after Forrest Gump, you probably you wouldn't be too far astray to believe that Tom Hanks had no better performance in him. Yeah. No, exactly. And it's hard. Like and even after Philadelphia and all that. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to believe that Tom Hanks could have topped it. Yeah. And I don't know if he does. Like oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that he's better in Castaway than he was at Forrest Gump. Mm. But he's giving a Gump level performance. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I and it's and it's amazing. It's, it is, hey. Oh uh, look, in my opinion, just from an actor's um you know, in acting wise, I think it's his best role. Oh Tom Hanks' even, best role. There's that really beautiful moment where he's like looking under the stars. Yes. And um, again, he reuses, Zemeckis reuses those moments at the end of Forrest Gump that are almost like the highlights reels of Gump. And there's those beautiful like highlights reels on the island at the end when he's oh, doing yeah. his narration over the over the thing. They happen, don't they? I didn't imagine. Yeah, that. yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, he does. He, he's. Um, I'm trying to remember who he's talking to. Is he. Yeah, but he's yeah. Is he talking to his friend? Yeah, I think he's talking to his friend after he's broken up with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he's talking about, and he's Hunt. talking about just those nights where he just sees so many different things. Yeah, and so like again, beautiful moment that he's taken mm. using again without it feeling tired or or recycled. It's just like, oh golly, I just. I'm so I'm such a big fan of Robin Zemeckis. I, I, I hey? know exactly, <laughs> and, and, and I don't know this comes across as this is this overwhelming um, love letter, but that's what it is. Yeah, if you don't, if you <laughs> haven't seen um, Castaway, man, you need to go out and see this film. Uh, it's it's just it's an epic film. It's an epic film, and it's amazing yeah. that it came from the two people who also did Forrest Gump. Yeah, which you, it cause you'd really think is. that would be the peak of their relationship. Yeah, and and uh, you probably still do, but just seeing it like this, wow, amazing. Um, I really hope when people are listening to this, as the seasons progress, mm. I really hope that it's not coming across as a love letter, because a love letter generally is sort of in an established relationship. Mm. But I hope what people are seeing is almost like a relationship where people are just falling more in love. 
Yeah, and I exactly. Think, I think if we look at it that way, this is what's happening for me, is that I loved Robert Zemeckis' films. Yeah. I had no shame in saying that Back to the Future, Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, they were all films I loved. Yeah. Would I have said he's my favourite director? He probably wouldn't have made that list. Yeah. He wouldn't have been my go-to. But as I'm watching his films and we're working our way through, and you get moments like Castaway that really surprise you in just how great they yeah. are. Or for me, surprise me. You can't help but fall more, fall more in love. It's a, perf- a perfect example of it, I think, in obvious. Okay, so we've um, found that Facebook site, the Zemeckis Cube. Yeah. Which is full of all Robert Zemeckis hardcore fans. Yeah. Now, prior to this, I would never have searched for that. No. But I would... Now, I would be proud to say that I would want to join that fan group because yeah. I'm such a f- bigger fan yeah, of um, yeah. Zemeckis because of it. You know what I mean? Because yes. of all these here. But prior to that, yes. Oh, yeah, Robert Zemeckis. Great, great actor. Are and you part of his fan group? What? No. Yeah. I'm part of the Spielberg fan group. But I don't know. Check it out, people. But the Zemeckis Cube, every day they're putting up some sort of behind-the-scenes, mm. um, deleted scene. It's so much fun, all the stuff they're dropping on Zemeckis it, there. Exactly, exactly. But like, And, and just saying is we've become such bigger fans of oh. it just because of... Massively, just, hey. Mm, I know, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. Hey, I, I know we're sort of probably coming towards the, the tail end of the episode. Because we have a timer now. We we do, we do have we a timer do. now. Technology is we're, getting big here. Listen, guys, we're in Cinefool Studios 2.0. 2.0! I'm really excited. Um, it's Jeff dearly, actually found a vacuum. It's, I have found a vacuum. Actually, looking in the studio right now, it's not been used. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Actually, I, I'm filthy. This is filthy. <laughs> so, I'm actually feeling itchy. Oh, we <laughs> I will clean up before the next episode, Craig. But um, but oh, I was going somewhere and I just got really sidetracked. Sorry. Um, oh, that's not like us. But let's uh, <laughs> that's that's exactly where I wanted to go. Thanks, Craig. Um, but let's take a moment and just really we we touched on it very lightly before. But the ways in which Wilson the volleyball is utilized to convey relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Somewhat signal insanity, but also to maintain sanity as yes. well. Yes, it's it's I so think it's done mostly from maintaining sanity yeah, as well. Yeah, even to the extent where he, um, as Hanks has become more dishevelled in his appearance. Yeah, he's like cut the top of the ball open to look like yeah, to have a little like hair, hair in it, it to show like that Wilson's awesome. got a bit messy as well along the way. But you also see how it all starts off as a bit of a joke, like, you know, to have a lighter. Yeah. To where four years later he's going, oh, shut up, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that moment where he, like, throws him out. Yeah. And, like, it That's gives awesome. him a kick. And, and then he's so concerned about him, isn't he? Yeah. And, and like, again, brilliant writing. Brilliant yep. acting and brilliant directing. It'd be so intimidating to be an actor and go, oh, I've got to love that ball. Yes. Yeah, man. You've got to love that ball and you got to pull it off too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like he does so well for the moment when when they he escapes the reef. Oh. Uh, can we touch on the reef for a minute? That yeah, scene yeah. where he sails out of the reef. When was the last time you watched Moana? Uh, oh, geez, not long ago. It'd be about a month and a half. Moana absolutely Is takes um, Castaway's reef oh moments. Oh, yeah. What? Doesn't it? Ah. 100%. 
They they had to oh. even the opening the sale in order to get over the top, all that sort of stuff. So the, all the um, family on that island ended up dying. Then <laughs> 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 Tom Hanks crashed on it later. Yeah, that's exactly okay, right. Cool, cool. Shared universe. Oh, wouldn't that be awful if you knew there was actual cave full of um, boats? Because <laughs> they because they all remember because at the end of Moana yes. they all go away. Yep. but there's also a cave of boats. Yeah, wouldn't that be horrible? <laughs> but that's why they all left the island. Yeah. Oh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a game of boats. All you had to do was hit that one thing and then the music would have started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Chuck. You poor Chuck. You should have searched the island a little bit more. <laughs> Not have searched the island a little more. It's, it's, it's one of those funny things. Is, and you can't help but think it when you watch the movie is what, what I would do on an island. Oh, like yeah. And just how much of that island you would know for sure. Yep, totally. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God. Seriously, man, I would have just, I would have known every little grass and bit of sand on that island as yep. well. I would have turned into Will Smith of I Am Legend. I would have just like tricked done. it out. Yeah, tricked it out. I would have had like little sandcastle of people. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff. I would have done my, my fake podcast from the island. Hey, Dave, 1500 on the island. What did we watch last night? Yes, we did watch the tide come in. Let's talk about it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, my little ball. <laughs> it's funny because Jeff, <laughs> the the cultural impact that um, the character of Wilson does have mm. gets referenced so often now. Like you can't even pick up a Wilson volleyball without someone screaming Wilson. Is it, is it funny that a grandfather sent his his grandson a, a volleyball? It is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? He oh, might be a Mormon. I always thought it was a soccer ball. Did you? For some stupid reason, I don't know why. I always thought it was a soccer ball, but obviously, yeah, you know. But yeah, seeing it, I'll go, why are you saying son of volleyball? It's, um, when <laughs> maybe I was, you live by the, you know, the kid lives on Venice Beach, maybe. You know, when, I, when I was studying in uh, in Sydney, um, I used to come out of my like uh, building where I was, I was studying and there would always be Mormons waiting out there for the students to leave. <laughs> and this one dude for like, Oh, it had to have been two months. Every day I walked out and he's like, hey, man, because he was like an American sort of guy. You play volleyball? Oh, really? Every time. And I was like, after a while, I did stop. Okay. And, and Do I, I like, look like a volleyball player too? What on earth about me makes you think I like volleyball? And what do you say? He's like, you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> he could have said basketball. <laughs> so I was like, you have a volleyball body. <laughs> you look like, like Maverick out of Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> More Anthony Edwards. Um, <laughs> but maybe maybe the grandfather wasn't Mormon. And there's oh, like yeah. this Mormon culture where they love volleyball. Love volleyball. It's, just, it's a very honest game. <laughs> so, but like, you know, you've got you to give him props. That... That moment, again, Hanks is so bonkers. The moment when Wilson is actually being swept out to sea and he's asleep and all you want him to do That's is wake cried. up. That's where it's, I cried. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm. It's so emotional. And, like, just, again, it's Hanks. It's all Hanks. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Just really getting you to care about that ball mm-hmm. and feel his emotion and pain at the fact that, He's losing his best friend. Yeah. Here's another thing I, that I, th- I thought of and just while we're on that concept of it. Yeah, yeah. There's a spiritual theme through the movie. Oh, hit me with it, Craig. 
Okay, and where you could al- almost say there's there's a guiding hand of fate. Yes. Because Wilson comes in when he needs him most. Oh, yes. And he disappears when he doesn't. Yeah. When he needs focus. And the whale wakes him up at every time that he needs With to be woken. With the spray of water. Every time he needs to be woken. Yes. Um, because it's... it's and it's almost, there's a guiding hand of fate if you want to obviously go and bring it up as God or any other that he's like. Yes. He comes in, Wilson comes when he's needed and leaves when his job is done. Yeah, And it's pretty much, and that's one of the things is because once he leaves, it's basically because he doesn't need Wilson anymore. Oh, I love it. Because he's coming closer back to um, reality. Yes. And Wilson's got, and then yeah, sometimes, and then you see that. The whale waking him up at certain times as yes. well. You know, it's not like the whale wakes him up to say, save him. The whale wakes up as if to say, you've got to say goodbye now. Yes. Oh, Craig, I love it. Seriously, watching a movie, I, I, I realize if you if you were to look at it in from that, like I said, you can look at this movie from so many perspectives yeah. and you can actually see the hand of it through all of it, whatever you want to look at it from every way, from a survivor's manual, from a religious way or a spiritual way, you can see all of that. You can <sighs> basically see how it all fits in because the whole idea, and we've already touched upon it by how one decision goes wrong. Yes. The whole idea of fate such a big thing throughout the whole film oh, you man. know it's how it's all you could even say you know obviously there's the there's the obvious thing of the angel wings on the packet yeah yes. you know what i mean which yes. is the angel wings on the packet where he follows that yes he follows that and when he follows it he finally ends up where he needs to be he just needed to go through um i guess you could say almost like a trials of abraham type way yeah. he, he, he needed to get to there to get to that place I love it, and almost like, like a guardian angel. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. Film, isn't it? Isn't See, it? it's so funny. This was amazing about this film, and I'm not saying for everyone out there who who made it be spiritual. Hey, look, that's fine, perfectly. Like I said, this film you can bring so much. That's why I love it. You can bring so much of who you are to this film, oh. and you'll find it in there because it's all about fate and basically just humanizing himself. Oh, Craig. I, I know your mind's blown. Oh, Seriously, I, I watched it. it. I watched it, and that's what this. This is what I brought. This I wanted to bring this up because this is what I brought from this last time I watched it. Oh, I've man. never actually, I've never noticed it ever before. Yes, this is what I brought from the last time I watched it. Wow, isn't it like again? It shows how incredible this film is because yeah. you know you're getting that. I'm getting other things, and I'd love to hear what other people are getting. If you're out there and you got something totally different out of this film. Tell us because we want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Like, we want to hear exactly. We want to hear what what brings what makes this simple story so much bigger oh, than it is. Man, so how it brings good. you in? I know. So 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 good. Well, look. I'm glad I remember that because I remembered it. I'm I so glad you remember that. Like, That's oh, shit. Yeah. a little moment of brilliance from Craig Killian. Very little. So <laughs> good. Um, so Craig. We've pretty much gone through the film. We've we've had a good chat about it. Oh, we? we've had a good yarn. Good yarn. Yeah, it's been a ripping good yarn. A ripping good yarn. Um, so what did you? We've talked about the film itself. What we've felt during the film. Mm-hmm. At the end, what what do you think? Like, how is the film for you? At the end of this film, I've like I said, I love this film so much. Yes, it's one of those films that, like I said, I've I've never really let this one go. Yeah, I can say with every most of um, other Zavakis films that I 
I've come, I come back, I've enjoyed them, come back, enjoyed them, come back. Yeah. But this one, I've never really let it go because um, it's always, it's always been an amazing film for me to watch. Yeah. Um, like I used to, obviously I used to do drama when I was at school, I used to do acting. And just to watch someone and watch how he does it all. Yes. Not being, I'm not, I'm definitely far from saying that I had no any in depth than any other person. But watching it, yeah, it just amazes me. Sorry, I took a drink while you were doing that. No, so no, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. But yeah, that's pretty much yeah, and and that's what I've loved about this film. It's basically it's been one of those ah oh, films. It's um for me, like I totally agree uh, with you, Craig. And for me, it's a journey film on so many levels. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost like I'm really grateful to have been on the ride. With yeah. the journey. Yeah, exactly. And so I just, talking about it now and thinking about it um, since I, I watched it, it's almost like every day I've appreciated it more and more and more. Mm. And it's just like, it it really is. It's I think it needs to be appreciated. A, like, I think the world needs to revisit it again. Yeah, totally. Um, I, think they, I think at the time, it almost come across as, um, like obviously it was a big hit, um, and time after that it's coming it, it's been coming across all you think about is Wilson and losing yeah. weight yeah, and yeah I think the wrong um, subjects the wrong ideas of it have been um, have been focused on yeah I think we need I think people need to revisit this and just look at it for how deep this film is uh, appreciate it for, yeah for appreciate what it it. this is what we're here for yeah FFTR for your appreciation <laughs> <laughs> so Craig um, I love that we both love it. And before we get to ranking mm-hmm. the films, yeah. did I hear you had a little Ooh, segment for us? I have something for everybody. Oh. I have something for you, just for you. Oh, thank you. Death of an extra. Oh, death, of, g- death of an golly. extra, if you couldn't understand that. <laughs> okay, so pretty much. <laughs> I, I thought this week I'd give you just a little more volume. <laughs> <laughs> you regretting that now? Oh, golly. <laughs> I realized I did. I actually just really pantered that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me bring it back. Oh. Death of an extra. <laughs> okay, so. If anyone wants to remix Craig's Death of an Extra theme songs into something, please the, do. The truth is. I, I always had a theme song in mind, but I keep forgetting it every time I come on here. <laughs> so I just <laughs> bust out whatever's on mine. So, Death of an Extra. Pretty much the whole idea of this is um, I find a common face and I like to just elaborate on his common face a oh, little bit. Oh, please, okay? Craig. So, our extra this week is the perfect embodiment of an extra. Okay? His name is Jeffrey Blake. Okay. All right. So, where did Jeffrey Blake come from? Tell Who me. Who is this man? When did we first see him in the Zemeckis universe? Oh, I love you building the mistake, Craig. <sighs> we saw him in Forrest Gump. Oh, did we? He was the guy who hit Jenny. No. Jeffrey Blake. At the Black Panther party? Yeah, the Black Panther party. I'm okay. sorry I ruined your Black Panther party. We've got those little tiny glasses. Yep. Yes. The one who, who tries to blame it on the president. Yeah, that's you know, right. Evita because of the president. That's Jeffrey Blake. Okay. That's Jeffrey Blake. Okay. Where did he also come in? He was Jodie Foster's right-hand man in contact. 
What the hey, howdy, hey? He was the guy, one of the guys at the place who always wore a loud shirt, um, the yes. Hawaiian shirt. Yes. That's him. That's him here. Where does he come to in Castaway? He's Tom Hanks's friend, who you actually, you, um, you see mainly at the hotel. Yes. I think he's the accountant or one of those guys at the hotel. He goes, yeah, yeah, we'll catch up. And he gives him a hug as he walks out. Wow. Yes. So he's really, this guy is really big in these films. And I think he's in a whole bunch of Ron Howard films as well. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. Is this his last Zemeckis film? Yes, yeah, his last Zemeckis film. Okay. See you, I know. See you, Blakey. See you, Blakey. I like to bring him in when they're on their last month. Okay, when they're good. on their last good breath. Good job, Craig. So he's big films. Okay, so he's had a working relationship with Zemeckis, Ron Howard, and Roland Joffe, appearing in a lot of their films and TV movies. Good work. I know. I know. I'm doing my study. He does my study. Speaking of study, he studied with legendary acting teacher Peggy Fury, and his classmates were, ready for it? Sean Penn. Wow. Forrest Whitaker. Yikes. Meg Ryan. Nicolas Cage and Michelle Pfeiffer. Wow. We could play like, um, you know, eight steps between Zemeckis, you know, because Sean Penn married Robin Wright <laughs> Penn. Yep, yep, You know, yep. Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to do something here. You know, yep. um, you know yep. and Michelle Pfeiffer. He plays the guy who sh- who's shot by Emilio Estevez in the face. In Young Guns. Wow. So if you remember Young Guns, when they just first get the regulators, there's this one guy who they always, he thinks he's the traitor. And he turns out to be the traitor. Yeah. And he gets shot by Emilio Estevez. But he's also in real life, he's actually really close friends with Emilio Estevez. So he makes a lot of movies with Emilio Estevez as well. Wow. So he's actually in um, that Estevez, Charlie Sheen movie, Men at Work. Do you remember that? Yes. Were they yeah. Yes. <laughs> Were they were garbage men or yeah, something? Yeah, they were garbage men. Yeah. Oh, I just remember the colour. Do you remember the colour? They yeah, had those, those orange overalls. <laughs> those overalls and those bandanas. Yes. The, the awesome bandanas. Yeah. I'll be honest. One thing that Charlie Sheen could pull off was an awesome bandana. <laughs> okay, so he's the perfect, he's the, I said, he's the perfect example of an extra actor extra. Okay, so these are the TV series he's he's made appearances in, okay? Yeah. Law and Order, Touched by an Angel, Charmed, The Pretender, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, NYPD Blue, CSI, CSI Miami, Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, The Man in High Castle, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That's just to name a few. The man, this Whoa. dude has been around the block. He's working it. I know, he's been working it, man. Married, two Every kids. Every day he's hustling. Yeah, he's married, two kids. His wife and himself have written projects. Um, so basically... Um, They've written a whole bunch of projects for Robert Town. I don't know if any of them actually gone into production. Um, he's written for a lot of the Tom Tom Cruise production companies. He's written for Brad Pitt's Plan B, Robert De Niro's Tribeca, and HBO. Wowzers. I know. What a busy beaver. This dude is just everywhere. Hasn't gone on to directing, but he's just one of those faces. And so I must say to good old Jeffrey Blake, I salute you. Well done, Jeffrey. Thank you, Jeffrey Blake. And well Blake. done, Craig. Thank you, thank you. And thank well done to Jeffrey Blake. What yeah, a man well about done. town. A journeyman. Journeyman a for journeyman. a journey film. Yes, exactly. So good. Well, thanks for that, That's Craig. Right, man. I love your little death of an extra. I, I love that. I love, I love just, I like, I like putting a spotlight on someone who basically, you, you go, oh, I know that face, man. I know that face. Because some of them have awesome stories to tell. I, I love, I didn't pick up that he was in any of those I know, movies. exactly. Yeah, sometimes you don't. And then someone reminds you, you go, oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. All right, Craig. Well, 
It's come to that time of the episode where we have to take a real, and when I say hard look today, this is a hard look, at where we are ranking um, Castaway amongst Robert Zemeckis' films that we've watched so far. And this is his 12th film. So it's starting to get a little tough because I sat down and had a look at this this afternoon and I thought, far out, where on earth do I put this? I know exactly where I'm putting one. Craig. Knew it. Knew it before I stepped foot in the room. Knew it before, basically. I knew it probably even before I watched it. I know. I'm very biased. I'm not. <laughs> I have a feeling I know where this is going. And if it is where it's going, this is wild. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Number two. Number two. Okay. You building that up like it was going top. <laughs> I was like, far out. No, no, no. Look. I have to say, Forrest Gump is Forrest Gump. Oh. It's Forrest Gump. So, number two. So, like, looking at this, Craig, your top five now for Robert Zemeckis mm-hmm. is Forrest Gump at number one, Castaway at number two. Find the Tom Hanks fan, yep. Back to the Future Part Two at three, Who Framed Roger Rabbit at four, and Back to the Future at five. Perfect. Done. That is... Lock it in. What a cracking... That's a five crack. films, isn't That's it? That's a cracker of a five-piecer. Oh, wow. Well, Craig, I'll tell you where I'm going to drop Ooh, it. Ooh, this will be interesting. I'm really interested to see where you'll put it. I'm going to pop it in at number four. Ooh, Jeff Reed. So you're pushing... Ah, so you're pushing so, down. Yeah, so what I'm going to do, for those at home who haven't been following our ranking videos we put up each week, Forrest comes at number one. Yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit's at number two, yeah. and Back to the Future at three, and Castaway's now at number four. That's impressive, man. That's he's impressive. Especially, you know, like, because you're saying you don't watch it as often. Yes. And so th- I think that's really impressive, man, to actually see that, because I came in here into this with a, with, with a lot of history behind it. I think the control that Zemeckis shows to allow Hanks to own this movie Um. It really shows, like this film shows that he is a great director. Yes. Because he can, he's no longer, if we think about uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Forrest Gump, it's not an ensemble cast, but it's such a dense film with characters that he shows that he can handle multiple characters with multiple storylines. Yeah. And balance them well. Yeah. But what he does in this is the complete opposite and show that he can handle one character. Yeah. And still be as engaging. Exactly, exactly. And still bring, um, whether it be in the editing room, yeah. the sound, everything, still keep you engaged. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? So that, that leaves Back to the Future Part 3 at number 5 for yep. me. That's, so, that's an awesome run. That's yeah. the thing, and you can't argue with any of those, you know what I mean? Because I, I, they're all amazing films as well. Yep. Yeah, they they are, and it's really it's a testament to Zemeckis. And I got to say, um, I'm really excited for what's coming for Zemeckis. Yes, so am I, man. I'm heaps excited like, for these films. We've sort of talked about how we were in a bit of an uncharted territory. Mm. Well, we've probably if we're going into the ocean a little bit. We're getting to that point where the water's hitting our willies and it's a bit cold. Yeah, and it's we a bit chilly. We're it's gonna get. hitting the bottom of the scrote. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the breath away a little bit. Every now and then, you're doing that little tippy-toe bit to tippy-toe. step over every time the wave comes through. And you get to see that, 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 one, that one wave that's coming at you that's above waist height and you're like, hoo, hoo, 
Yep. It's going to yep. hurt. It's going to hurt. I'm going to have to brace for this one. Going to have to brace for this one. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited for what's coming, hey. And so um, we'll get to what's coming next in a second. But where can people find us, Craig? You can find us on Instagram, oh, I love Twitter, it. yes, Facebook, mm-hmm. and or you can just go to our website, www.fftlpodcast.com. I love it. And on Instagram and social media, yeah. same handle. We're at FFTL Podcast. At FFTL Podcast. You can find us there. Also, subscribe to the to the podcast wherever yeah, you're listening. Um, let it drop down um, as soon as it drops. We drop one every Monday yep. for y'all. Let it drop down onto your podcast. Let it drop into your ears. Yeah. And let us drop into your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I couldn't even finish that sentence. <laughs> like like Tom Hanks's joy flowing right. from exactly. our lips. Exactly. Flowing from our lips. So right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. So Jeff's just waiting for me to say something horrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for something gross no, to come. No, out. no, man. No, no, no. Good for you, Craig. <laughs> exactly. Good exactly. for you. <laughs> hey, we continue on the Tom Hanks train literally next week. <laughs> oh, Jeff Reed. Oh. Busting out the dad jokes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Next week we are listening. We we are talking. You'll be listening yeah. um, when we are watching the Polar Express. And I will gladly say I have never ever seen this movie. Ever. Wow, it's never. a it's a Christmas staple in the Reed House. Yeah, I'm excited. So um, it's very fitting, um, and. It's also a really exciting time because we're about to get into the motion capture years for Robert. Yeah, Zemeckis. this is heaps. I'm heaps excited to, to see this because it's really it's a whole different kettle of fish, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, it's basically where the actors. Well, you know, it's more. It's just hundred percent focused on Zemeckis because he. Who cares what the actors are saying? Yeah, he can make you do whatever you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this he will sure be awesome. Can. So, like, if we have a look at the next little run of films, and what's crazy is how quickly we're starting to get to the end of the Robert Zemeckis filmography. I know, filmography. we're running into it, aren't we? Um, we've got Polar Express, followed by Beowulf. Can't wait then for Then A Christmas Carol. Oh, I can't wait for Christmas. And then Flight, <gasps> The Walk. I, the Walk I have never seen, man. I can't wait. And Allied. Oh, got it, my $5 zinger. And then... The women of Marwan will have been released by then as well, and and we'll probably um, be at the premieres walking down the red carpet with Robert Zemeckis by then. Oh, I hope so, Craig. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's all all planned, all planned. Oh, already okay, you <laughs> you dropping a surprise on me? <laughs> I, I, really I told like you, Jeff. I, mean, I told you, Jeff. Oh, gosh, well, I'm just uh, making an assumption here. Obviously, <laughs> better get my red carpet body in in the shape. Oh, our red carpet body, Jesus, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys. Tune in next week uh, where we will be looking at the Polar Express. I'm a bit excited too because we've got our second guest to the podcast joining us, Craig. Exactly. And I'm heaps excited for this guest. Has a great history of film. Yep. Um, it's just one of the most lovable guests you'll ever meet. Yeah. I, I hope it's going to be something that you guys love. I think we'll love it regardless. I think it'll be amazing. Look, Either way, it's going to make for some great stories. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I really just can't wait just to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it is a bit of a bit I'm of happy to sit back and just let it wash. <laughs> just watch it. Yep, ready to go. So, guys, chin in next week. We, we Look, 
I can't say it enough. We say it every week, but we are so appreciative that you're on this journey with us. Thanks for coming. Yeah, and thanks thanks for just giving us your time. And all those people that send us feedback, you have no idea how much we love it. We, um, and we love you. Yeah, and we do. We really do. We love and appreciate you guys and, and the little community that you're becoming. Mm. So thank you so much. Um, so tune in next week for the Polar Express from us here at uh, from First to Last Podcast. I'm Jeff Reed. And I'm Craig Killian. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next week. <laughs> <See ya. laughs>